This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal re-raw reaction show. Not the re-raw reaction show because we're not re-reacting, we're just reacting uh, to this one. Good morning, hope you're well, hope you're doing good, uh, hope you've had a fantastic start to your weekend and I'm sure that the Arsenal winning yesterday helped it kick off in the perfect fashion. Not only that, but Manchester City losing, Chelsea losing. Lots of teams dropping points and who knows, maybe more could drop points today. We'll have to wait and see regarding the results of Manchester United a little bit later on this afternoon. But today and here and now we're going to be focusing on the Arsenal game. Good morning, everybody joining us live in the chat box. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Steve Stone, Matt G. uh, Good morning to Mr. Arsenal, Red Star, Stephen, Amira. Good morning, guys. Olu and Stevie and Daniel Robert and Rancid Pumpkin and Paul. Mr. SNLO, Barwick and Ansa. Hope you've had a great starts your weekend guys and everybody else joining us in the chat box we've got mafia boss Janesh and a certain mr clive palmer it's clive back in the chat box lovely stuff hope you're doing good and well people we're going to crack on uh with today's show uh usually going through as we always do with these raw reactions the talking points before we get to part two and your thoughts but we talk always first of what is the latest prize and competition you can still win a signed football uh courtesy of bakayo saka and football prizes uh, there is nine tickets left uh, in this competition, just the nine. It runs out on Wednesday, but I think this probably could sell out today. So don't miss out on your chance to get a ticket. Link in the description as always. So, I've clear at Christmas. What a, what a, what a most wonderful time of the year this is. Uh, Arsenal winning 2-0 away at Wolverhampton Wanderers in a game that was unfortunately marred by a health issue, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, But in the context of just football for now, and we'll focus on the football part for now, it was a performance that I felt as though was a upward curve, shall we describe it. Now, Arsenal have managed to start games pretty quickly and ferociously even 
Um, but unfortunately, the situation with Granit Xhaka at the start of the game, I think, had a significant impact on the momentum going into the fixture. It did seem like we were trying to start the game as quickly as possible. But as soon as we had the issue with Xhaka, things slowed quite considerably. And this gave Wolves a bit of a purchase in the game that they may otherwise not have had. It's a frustration that we had to deal with throughout the first half. And thankfully, in the second, we managed to get some goals from the one that the only Martin Odegaard, who we'll talk about in just a second. But as a team performance, I thought it was really good. You know, it was a really unified effort, especially with Fabio Vieira, who came on in the first half. And as a team, I thought, you know, the contributions, the the synergy, the quickness that improved in the second half in particular, really showed how much focus there was. I was listening to Elliot talk about uh, the idea of staying focused as kind of the key message going into this one. And I think that we can all agree that even with the distractions on the day, that Arsenal certainly managed to do that. And staying focused was absolutely key to this victory, keeping a clean sheet even more so, despite some lapses in concentration. But we managed for 90, more than 90% of the game to stay as focused as feasibly possible and come out with the win. Much thanks to our Norwegian king. For me, there is only one Norwegian in this Premier League that is of the elite level, and that is our very own Martin Odegaard, who scored two goals to become Arsenal's current top scorer in the Premier League now with six goals, leading Gabriel Jesus, Bakayo Saka and Martinelli by one goal. He was challenged at the start of the season to add more goals to his game. We wanted to see him potentially get into double figures, and he is still someone that receives weekly criticism and underrating by so many people within our fan base and I just can't quite get my head around how that's even possible. His goals are critical to every game that he plays in, his movement, his integral passing. Everything about Martin Odegaard screams the Arsenal of 2022, the way he moves the ball, the way he leads the team by example, the way in which he learns and improves and develops, the way in which he wants to progress and in turn progress the team as well. Not just with his own development, but with his passing, which is forward thinking, incisive, and really attached to some excellent vision to find the key players in front of him. I could not be more happy when I'm proven right, <laughs> which is always a great thing. And we talk a lot how I'm always happy to be proven wrong when it's in the benefit of Arsenal. And, you know, certainly players have proven me wrong. Martin Odegaard is someone that you guys all know I absolutely adore as a player, hence why I got him on the greatest Arsenal shirt ever to be crafted, our away shirt for this season. Um, and I could not have been happier. A little bit quiet potentially in the first half, but sometimes you just need things to come alive. And, and Odegaard certainly did in that second half. And I love the fact that he's now developing this goal-scoring instinct of being in the right place at the right time. He showed it against Forrest, I thought, where he popped up for his goal in that game. And he's done it again today with two crucial goals against Wolves. Now, Fabio Vieira was the man to replace Granit Xhaka. And in the first half, he was quite quiet. I think he was gradually building himself into the game. And he wasn't really able to get on the ball. Second half, very, very happy. Very, very happy with Fabio Vieira and the performance that he managed to put in. Now, I talked on the channel before, you may remember this, when people have been asking... Are we worried about Fabio Vieira yet? Are we concerned about what he is and what he isn't doing? Now, one of the key points I brought forward was the fact that when we've seen him play with most of the Arsenal first team, he's done really well. And Fabio Vieira in that game against Brentford, when he replaced Martin Odegaard, I thought was very, very good. His goal was excellent, but his performance overall was also strong. And Vieira going into this game 
coming in instead of, say, Mohamed Elneny. And you've got to say credit to Mikel Arteta for not choosing Elneny over Vieira. Who knows if there was something beyond that to do with more health issues, the way Elneny didn't come on. But Fabio Vieira came on instead after what was a very disappointing performance against Brighton. And, oh, yeah, you know, this is this is just a strong performance from him now. Uh, Hamster's pointing out in the chat box, he now has four goals slash assists in seven starts. Obviously, he didn't start this game, um, so it doesn't necessarily count um, in the same way. But this is another game in which he played the majority of the fixture, got an assist, of which it was a very good one. I actually thought he'd taken it too far to the touchline when he first uh, took his touch after Gabriel Jesus' fantastic pass. But the little clip across goal to Martin Odegaard was perfection. And if he can start finding this confidence... That's what we need to see from Fabio Vieira. And I think it is the confidence. And we talked about this in the in the last reaction show. Um, I think I used the terminology of Vieira needs to find confidence. And so it only makes sense in this one to say that he found it. Because when he assisted and he turned over to look at the Arsenal coaching staff, he was punching the air and celebrating. And as you can see with this picture here with Martinelli, like mad. Because he just, if he's one of those players when you come from a foreign country and you're coming into a new nation, a new league, a new environment, and you're a young guy and, you know, there's not loads of people that speak the same language, although we do have a lot of Portuguese speakers at the club, to be fair. But it's a very different environment as well. And to be honest, there is always, especially without a pre-season, going to be this period of time of transition. And so he's going through that. And I think that this World Cup, break where he is not going to the World Cup, he's going to be with the team, is in effect going to produce for him, I think, a mini pre-season to perhaps make up for what he didn't have in the summer. And who knows, we may even see a much better Fabio Vieira after the break. I look forward to hopefully seeing what he brings to the team, but I'm excited to see it. Uh, Saliba. Uh, I thought Saliba, despite remaining defensively strong for much of the game, probably had his most um, the game in which he most showed his areas of need for development still. And I think it highlighted the fact that we still have a 21-year-old centre-back playing in the team. Saliba is great. For me, he's the best centre-back in the Premier League, perhaps the world, based on form this season. He is, without a shadow of a doubt, that good. But I thought this game highlighted some areas of his game, composure, confidence, that need potentially to be worked on. You can see an image on your screen of a penalty shout that I completely missed during the actual game. I missed the half-time because I usually take a break at half-time when I'm covering the game um, via a blog session, which I do the minute-by-minute minute for FL. And so I missed the analysis at half-time. And I noticed in, in, in the, the full-time show that we did on the Arsenal that a few people in the chat box are saying, why are we focusing so much um, on uh, kind of this mistake or these penalty shouts from for Wolves? I went and looked back. This... I don't know whether or not it was offside because the uh, the lines obviously weren't drawn. We can It looks as though it's ever so slightly off. But in those moments, I've also thought that when the lines aren't drawn, that they're offside and it turns out they're on. So I can't categorically say whether or not it was offside or not. So let's play forwards. When the moment comes into the box, it's absolutely a foul and a penalty. It's whether or not the lines can be drawn to categorically show us that it was offside or not. And we don't know. The re the linesman gave it as offside. It was a very, very close call. Very close indeed. And then obviously there was the other moment in which he passed the ball backwards to um, Gonzalo Gedge again. Uh, now the recovery was strong and Gabriel certainly helps him out. But that blind pass was 
certainly an error that he needs to be able to tweak from his game. It's just a thing that's going to happen to a young centre-back. You know, you can't expect perfection from... Um, you can't expect perfection from these guys when they're 21 years of age. No matter how amazing you are, no matter how good I think you can be, there's going to be some small errors in your game. And, you know, the back pass, back pass was, was certainly something that he needs to work on and improve. However, what's great for us is that we have Gabriel and we have White either side of him. You know, players that are still young but more experienced than what he is capable uh, of, of showing right now. So when you've got one player that's maybe not at that same level or is not at that same level of concentration for whatever reason, when you've got players like White and Gabriel alongside, it's just like when one slightly dips, the other two can raise their game. And that, I thought, happened yesterday. And what's been funny about it is that Saliba made a couple of mistakes in this game. And to be fair to him, he's made a couple of mistakes in other games, but we've been able to overlook those because his performances overall have been world-class absolutely world-class and brilliant. So we've been able to overlook a couple of the mistakes like in the Liverpool game. And uh, I think there was one in the, uh, I think there was one in the Brighton game as well in midweek. And uh, we've been able to overlook them because we haven't had to worry about them. They haven't been, they haven't, you know, they haven't cost us in any way. Similar to Gabriel in some senses, some of his mistakes have, haven't ended up costing us in the end because, you know, he's either gone up the other end and scored like he did against Fulham or we've won the game like we did against Spurs when he gave away that penalty. But the fact that we've got White and Saliba and Gabriel as a three and that if one slightly dips, we've got this situation where others in the team have been absolutely excellent. So I'm very happy with where we are with our defenders. I thought there were a couple of errors in Saliba's game that showed he needed to learn from them. We can all talk about it being offside, but in that moment as well, you know, I think he needs to show a bit more composure in that moment. Taking out Gonzalo Gedge was probably not the best scenario. Had it been onside, had we been a bit, a little bit unlucky, say, if, for instance, the uh, the ref or the flag doesn't go off, the ref doesn't play that and it goes to VAR. We don't know categorically whether or not it was offside. It's very easy for us to sit here now in post-game and say it was offside. And I see plenty of you have done in the chat box. We don't know 100% whether or not it was because I'd need the lines to be drawn to show it because there's been a number of instances without the lines, I've thought something was offside. And then in the lines, it turns out to be on. So I thought Saliba had a couple of errors in his game, which is fine. We're allowed to highlight those people. We can talk about the things that weren't perfect and you're never going to get perfection in every game. And it's because we want to see the improvement. We want to see the development. We want to see the, uh, you know, the other side. Rainbow Flaggy Tree says, uh, if we criticise Gabriel, we have to criticise Saliba. Saliba himself said he hasn't been playing well. And I think that's fair. You know, people are very quick to, to highlight Gabriel's mistakes. And we here highlight Gabriel's mistakes. The pass back to Jesse Lingard against Forrest was criminal. But you need to be able to do that for both. You can't have one without the other. And uh, I think that that's absolutely a fair look at all of them. As I say, Ben White, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. However, Zinchenko on the other side, I thought, also showed some of the weaknesses within his game. A little bit uh, lax on the ball at times. A little taking too much time on the ball, giving it away in key positions committing in some areas, leaving it exposed in behind. I thought our left-hand side, you know, this is where Gabriel again shines because when Zinchenko goes forward, naturally that is going to open up opportunities if we are hit on the break. And that weakness was absolutely exploited by Wolves when they could on those, uh, in the opportunities to kind of turn over the ball. Gabriel, thankfully, had a really strong game and we didn't have to worry too much about it in the end. And we managed to defend those counter-attacks pretty well. But yeah, Zinchenko, I think, was it was a little bit of a too comfortable performance from him. Uh, and I think that he needs to be a little bit more switched on. He's only just come back from injury, so that's fine. 
you know, and maybe this is why at the end of the game celebrating with him, but I thought it was an appropriate <laughs> picture to use because there were times in the game I wanted to grab Zinchenko by the scruff of the neck and say, you need to focus. You need to be a little bit more on it because at the moment you're showing a few lapses in concentration. But again, that was fine in the end because we dealt with it. So that was absolutely brilliant. Um, Granite Jacker went off early in the game as what Mikel Arteta described as a illness that has spread throughout the squad, which developed after the pre-match meal. Now, I'm not going to sit here and speculate about what or what has not happened because it's pointless. However, what I am going to do is point out the fact that in a moment of challenge, in a moment of adversity, when we have a problem that has cost us the presence of one of our players to such a severe extent that they need to go off, that we are then still going on, dominating a game as we need to, and going on to win. And that shows the togetherness, the unity, the defiance, and ultimately the professionality of this team, even in a moment where some of the players on the field weren't feeling the best. And we all know about Lasagna Gate and the other team that certainly didn't manage to do that when they played in 2006. Well, in our game, we may have lost one of our crucial and key players, which, by the way, again, going off, and we always talk about how we're one injury away from things falling apart. Clearly not. Xhaka is definitely one of our most crucial players missing for this game, and we still won comfortably. So I think that certainly is worth it. As I can see a lot of you are speculating in the chat box. I'm not going to do that because it's pointless. We don't know any facts about the situation besides that this illness started after the pre-match meal. But the fact that we managed to win with this adversity, I thought, is great. Arteta was ultimately delighted after the game. And to be honest, I think a bit frustrated that the World Cup is on hand now. And we've got this six-month break, uh, six-month break, six-week break. Uh, imagine if it was six months. Uh, this six-week break whilst the World Cup goes on to sit with our hands together and praying that none of our players are injured or none of our players uh, come back with any issues that mean that they unfortunately will miss any part of January or the end of December. We can only hope. I expect that we will be missing potentially one, two or more of some of the players for that West Ham Boxing Day game, especially if players like Jesus and Martinelli manage to get to the final with Brazil, whether or not they'll be given an extended break to come back. Who knows? There is nine days, I think nine, eight days between the final on the 18th and the next game against West Ham on Boxing Day. So there is still plenty of time, I suppose, for them to recover. But we've just got to be patient and wait and pray that none of our players have issues. It also leads us building up to the January transfer window, of which there is two benefits. The first one, of course, that we can sign players. The second of all, that Emil Smith-Rowe will hopefully also be back as well. So seeing him return is going to be really key. Anyway, just a couple of moments from the press conference that I wanted to talk about. Um, let's go to uh, the Xhaka discussion. Uh, Arteta said he's fine. He wasn't feeling good. And for Granite to put his hand up and say, I need to come off, he wasn't feeling good at all. We had a few boys with the same tummy issues. And obviously, we cannot change three or four in the first half. But I'm delighted that we adapted to those circumstances and we managed to win the game. In fairness, we didn't really make changes in the second half either. We obviously brought off three players at the end of the second half. But we didn't really change all that much you know, throughout the game. So if it was affecting them that seriously, they didn't think it was enough to, to change the team, but maybe we just didn't want to change the team. Um, Arteta said on whether there was a sickness bug around the team hotel. He says, not overnight. I think it was after the pre-match meal, but I didn't even know about it. And the doctor was trying to get some place sorted because they weren't feeling good. 
Uh, now he reacted to the Manchester City game. He said on whether he had the he and the team watched the City game. He says yes, we were on the bus. We all watched it together, like we normally do with many other games. Can you imagine being on that bus? Can you imagine the team when Tony scores in the last few moments of that game? They must have gone mad on that bus. And then I reckon Arteta probably stood up and turned around and told him to focus. <laughs> it's probably how I'm imagining that that went down. But yeah, uh, amazing. Amazing situation um, to be in now with five points clear, top of the table. We're only focusing on the next game as Mikel Arteta always wants to try and hammer home, but you could not be happier about how things are. Right. I mean, I could not be happier at all, you know, (laughs) to be where we are sitting at the top of the table, five points clear, to have that added security at the top of the table is important. And security is an important thing. And not just my life, but yours too. And not only in the Arsenal team sitting top of the table, but it's also very important to have security when you're using the internet. And you can absolutely can contain your security and you can use your security to the best level to keep you safe and secure online by using NordVPN. Of course, where else? If you go to nordvpn.com slash Guna, what's that going to enable you to do? Well, that's going to enable you to do, if that's even the sentence. I'm going to try that one more time. What that is going to enable you to do is be safe and secure online to keep away those pesky trackers and people that are trying to to hack hack your information and get involved with whatever you want to do online. You do what you want to do. I'm not going to get involved in what you want to do online. It's your prerogative. It's your decision, what you want to choose to look at. Thankfully... A lot of you choose to look at the Guna Talk, which we very much appreciate. But if you want to keep private what you're doing, go to nordvpn.com slash Guna. Get yourself a big discount on a potential subscription, either one or two years. And four months of that, of course, will be free. And you can also get a 30-day money-back guarantee if you're not happy with the service. Also, it enables you to change geolocation. So if you happen to be abroad at any point, you want to go back and listen to your typical broadcasting apps, You know, I was abroad in Mauritius, of course, and was able to watch the Arsenal-Brentford game thanks to NordVPN because it wasn't working on my usual broadcasting app with the internet and the Wi-Fi in my local location where I was. So I just hopped back over to the UK in an instant and watched the game. That's nordvpn.com slash Guna. Make sure you check it out, and I'll see you after this quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, <laughs> let's go to part. I'm enjoying these now. You know, I'm actually enjoying doing this. I was so, what was the word? Anxious, I think is the word. We've never had, you know, on the channel, we've had sponsorships. You know, we have Football Prizes sponsor us all the time. And they've been really, really, really supportive of us. But I've never had the mid-credit ones before, you know. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts that obviously do them. And I take a lot of inspiration from our good friend Elliot at the Arsenal Vision podcast. Um, 
But uh, I never thought I could do it. Hence why I pre-recorded the video in the first week and you all got very bored of that one minute video. So I hope that you're enjoying <laughs> my acting skills. Come to the fore. That's nordvpn.com slash guna. Imagine uh, says, when we win the league, I'm willing into existence, by the way. Uh, which Arsenal player makes the cover of FIFA 24? Um, Martin Odegaard in the Arsenal away shirt, obviously. Who else? Who else would be there? Easy. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, thoughts on Turam? His contract expires in the summer. Can he get him for a cut price deal in January? Um, I'm, I, I'm not sure Turam is the right kind of forward to go for. I'm sure I'm assuming you're talking about Marcus Turam uh, of Borussia Mönchengladbach. I'm not sure he's the right forward to go for. I think we can go for better. I think we can go for more established. I think we can go for potentially younger and with higher ceilings like Mudrik, for example. Uh, Christian says, Tom, have you changed your perspective on Ivan? Tony, the other day I asked you if you would take him in January and you said you wouldn't and <laughs> you didn't necessarily listen to what I said Christian because I didn't use the words I don't rate him at all I said he's a good striker I said I don't like him personally I'm not a big fan of his personality so let's not be putting words in my mouth feel free to send me the link of where I said that with the minute I said it and I will happily hold my hands up but I didn't say that I don't rate him I said he's a good striker but I just don't particularly think he's the type of forward that we should be looking to go for I think that we need to be looking for a versatile Diogo Jota style player that's my main prerogative for a transfer window coming up. John says, imagine being in a coma in 2019, waking up this morning and hearing Tom say, we're five points clear at top of the table without our most vital player, Granite Xhaka. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Absolutely, John. Could not have put that any better myself. Um, Rainbow Fl uh, Flaggatry says, uh, I had my doubts about Arteta, but this season he has made me eat my words and I couldn't be happier. Well, maybe if we'd beaten Southampton and Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, if only we'd managed to win all of our games this season. And to be fair, we should have done. We should have beaten Man United. We should have beaten Southampton. You know, to be in this position to be looking back on the only games we dropped points in, which is just two, and thinking we should have won them. What an amazing season we're having so far. What an amazing season. Uh, James says, could Arsenal fans download the North London Forever enough times to make it Christmas number one? Oh, that's a great shout. We're already putting in the, in, uh, putting in the work for Tony Adams, of course, on Strictly Come Dancing. We're putting in the work and voting. Keep voting, people. Keep winding people up. It's hilarious. People are getting genuinely that annoyed about a dancing competition. Keep voting for Tony Adams. Keep him in the competition. Let's get him that victory. Um, but could we absolutely bring North London Forever to the number one? I mean, Lewis Dunford would obviously very much thank us for that, but that'd be amazing if we can do it. Uh, Chris, where are we in the table? Where? No, I'm not sure. I actually think we should probably take a quick look. Should we take a look? I feel like I feel like we need to take a look at the table. Just you know, just because sometimes we're forgetful. You know, we we'd sometimes we forget things. Sometimes we we need to double check. I think it's really important. You know, when you're at school and they always say double check your workings, make sure that you've not made a mistake. It's really important that you do that. And so it's probably, oh, goodness me. I did not expect to see this. Where are we in the table right now? <laughs> Look at that. We're top. Oh, I'm going all high pitched. I love this. I love just looking. I could just stare at this all day. You know, not only could I do, not only could I just stare at this table, but I, obviously I'm going to be staring into the next six weeks minimum. I'm more than that because obviously we've got this cushion so we can even afford to drop points. We don't want to and we're not going to drop points but you know we could you would, we could effectively even drop points it could be more than six weeks it could be seven could be eight who knows it could be an entire season that we end up looking at this table in it not changing 
Um, goodness me, Chelsea a bit far down, aren't they? <laughs> Look how far down they are. They're eighth. What are they doing down there? <laughs> 16 points clear of Chelsea. Goodness me. Thomas Tuchel, people wanted. Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just like putty in my hands seeing this. It's brilliant. I love I love being right. It's, it's just nice. It's a nice feeling, isn't it? Um, anyway, yes, it's the best wallpaper ever. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, Bradley says, I'm a little tipsy after celebrating my birthday, but we're going to win the league. Come on, you guys. <laughs> it's not affecting you at all. Not at all. Uh, Costa says, if a song about sausage rolls can make it to number one, then we can definitely have North London forever to number one. I mean, the problem is, is that the North London crew, it's quite a small one. You know, everyone loves sausage rolls. Well, nearly everyone loves sausage rolls. And vegans, let's, let's call vegan sausage rolls in the same family, kind of. Um, everyone loves some form of a sausage roll. There's no one out there that doesn't like some form of sausage roll. And that's what, how are we talking about this? How am I talking about sausage rolls on a morning podcast? Um, but yeah, uh, everyone loves them in some way, shape or form. And so therefore that was always going to go to number one because it's sausage rolls. But yeah, North London forever. Not everyone loves North London, unfortunately. Um, Sam says, lovely to see Willock score against Chelsea. Downside is Newcastle are looking more and more scary as the weeks go on. Yeah, and of course we play them in January. That's going to be a massive game, a massive game against Newcastle. We need to make sure that we take the prerogative in that fixture and and put them to the sword. You know, Chelsea have been able to do it. Man City have been unable to do it. We're at home against Newcastle. That is a good benefit to having that game at home. That's going to be key. Uh, whilst I've got your attention, I do want to talk about the next six weeks. Of course, Arsenal are playing. Don't go anywhere because we're still going to be answering some more of your questions just in a second. But I do want to take the chance to tell you about what's going to be happening across this because that was, of course, our final game before the World Cup starts. The morning 8am shows will be continuing, so continue to make this part of your morning routines. Don't lose track. Don't turn off your notifications because we'll still be doing them. Updating you on any Arsenal news that, of course, drops and updating you on the goings-on at the World Cup regarding Arsenal's players as well. That's what we're going to be making sure that we uh, not shoehorn in in any way because it's always going to be an Arsenal show. We'll also be covering our loan players in significant detail and doing another loan report uh, in uh, for the October and November period that we missed in our last one. We'll also be looking at potential transfer targets all the way up to the transfer window. The Arsenal transfer show resumes at 8am on the 1st of December, so make sure you do that. I will also, next week, with... Clive and with FK and Lee Judges be attending the Football Content Awards. Remember those when I used to pester you every single morning? Well, the Football Content Awards will be taking place on Wednesday in Manchester. Us four, along with some extra guests, will be going up to Manchester for the awards ceremony. You know, I'm up. we're up against some very, very, very brilliant content creators, the likes of Bavs, City Extra. Um, there's, there's some massive Liverpool ones in there as well. I, we managed to get third place last year, which was great. And you know, I was a huge, huge surprise to get third place. And in all honesty, with the, the competition this year is even tougher. It would be amazing to be in the top three, you know. But the fact that we got nominated for this award amongst, you know, hundreds of other content creators to be up for best club content creator anyway is an award in itself. So thank you to everybody that's enabled us to even be at the award ceremony on Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to going up and having some fun with everybody up there. It's going to be great to see people. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, talking about it on Thursday. I'll probably be doing an 8am show from my hotel room that day. So do bear with me uh, and the surroundings will be slightly different, of course. 
but I will endeavour to bring you an 8am show the morning after the award ceremony. But yes, plenty of stuff to do, uh, plenty of shows to come over the World Cup break. So make sure you are subscribed, make sure you turn those notifications on and we'll continue to bring you that Arsenal fix. Um, James, uh, I've just missed your questions for some reason. Uh, but Babaton, this is win or lose, it's amazing to be nominated. Absolutely. Uh, I'll go back to James's question in a second. We've got a super chat from Frantishek. Thank you so much, my friend. From the land of a thousand lakes, the, from the land of fjords, here he comes and he scores again. The Arsenal captain, oh to God. Never, ever doubt my captain again. Man of the match performance. I mean, you don't have to tell me instruct me not to doubt Martin Odegaard could not be happier with him at all. Uh, James Curry says, in results, we are the best team in the league. Do you think that we have played the best football in the league? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think we're playing the best football. And, you know, when I was talking about this yesterday on the Arsenal way and the reaction show, well, I was playing golf yesterday when the Man City game was on and I was kind of just expecting, and by the way, when I say I was playing golf, I mean attempting to play golf. I'm nowhere near anywhere good. I'm, I'm trying to be better. <laughs> I'm just trying to hit the ball at the moment. But uh, I was expecting my phone to just keep popping up with score alerts of 1-0 City. Two, and, and, you know, when they got it back to 1-1 even, I was going, all right, well, 2-1 City, 3-1 City. But no, and they're not blowing teams away anymore. And I don't think they're scaring teams as much anymore. You know, teams used to just kind of roll over against them. I actually think that teams are looking at uh, sides like Villa, Newcastle, and now Brentford take points off them and think, okay, we don't have to roll over. We can get points against this City team. We need the City, we need this City side to start getting a bit of the old Arsenal about them. You know, and what I mean by that is that when we used to come up against teams is we didn't have the uh, intimidation to win the game in the tunnel. We never had that because teams thought that Arsenal was an opportunity to be a little bit rough and ready with, and you get the points. Now, we're not having that same kind of feeling about us anymore because we're a physical team and we will push you and batter you about if we need to. But City can be a little bit more lightweight. I think they can actually be beaten. Uh, and it's shown yesterday, of course, they can be beaten. And not only that, but teams can take advantage and teams know that they can go into that game and potentially pick up points. And that's a really important psychological impact of the change between the two teams. Um, let's go to uh, Messi, Raf. Thank you so much for joining me, my friend. I look forward to hopefully bringing you all onto a podcast again soon. We'll probably be doing some podcasts over the World Cup break, of course, to, to whet our Arsenal appetite even further. But Raf says, I'm the biggest Saliba fan, but I think we should give Gabriel similar praise when he has better performances. Yesterday was very, very good, brilliant partnership. Absolutely. We discussed this at the start of the game. As I say, it's nice when one just drops ever so much that White and Gabriel raise their game around Saliba so that we've got this continuous, strong back four. It's absolutely uh, what we need to see in this Arsenal team, and we're seeing it at a rate of knots at the moment. Um, NVR says, Tom, no Lukonga on the bench, and it doesn't seem like he's injured. What are the odds that he leaves in January? I don't think he will. I think he'll stay in January, but I think potentially he'll leave in the summer. I think Arteta wanted more offensive options on the bench. That's why he had Nelson and Ketia and Marquinhos all there. I think he was happy with Marquinhos' performance in the midweek and Nelson and Nketiah. In fairness, it was more of our defence that let us down in the Brentford game in the midfield as well, of which Lukonga was obviously a big part of. So I don't read too much into it in terms of a potential January exit, but obviously there is always a potential chance that, that we don't see Lukonga for a fair amount of time. Um, but I think we need the depth. I think we need to keep the, the, the strength and depth there and Lokonga is part of that. So yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't leave it. I wouldn't leave him to go. I would let him go on loan in, in, in the summer, but not in January. 
let's go to last few comments before we wrap up. Uh, Tabo says, the Emirates has become a fortress now and we're no longer a free meal. <laughs> uh, Peter says, Tom, do you think City buying Haaland has bottlenecked their attack? Great word. Mean, uh, is it meaning their goals seem to spread less across the team? To some extent, for sure. I think naturally when you bring in such a focal point that always it is going to be that way, which is why I'm not necessarily as concerned about Jesus as I usually... I haven't really talked about Jesus this morning, but I thought despite not scoring and missing chances, he was everywhere. He was absolutely critical to the way that we play. And he, we don't bottleneck our attack through him the same way that City are beginning to bottleneck. And I'm nicking your word, Peter, because it's a really strong one. You know, City certainly have a bit, maybe the bit of the Ronaldo factor when he first went back to Manchester United. Everything was being thrust into that corridor. And I think that that maybe is taking away from goals elsewhere. That said, Foden is still scoring. De Bruyne is still scoring. You know, they are still getting goals from elsewhere. It's no surprise from an Arsenal perspective the Erdogan is our top scorer, I don't think. That's a surprise that much. We've spread goals throughout the team. Jesus has five. Martinelli has five. Uh, Saka has five. I think Xhaka has four, maybe. Um, you know, so we are spreading the goals throughout the team. Gabriel's got a couple. Saliba's got a couple. Uh, Fabio Vieira's got a couple. Um, you know, I think we are spreading the goals further. And I think that Gabriel Jesus's role in the team is enabling that to happen. And because of that, He's not scoring as much. That said, he really does need a goal. Hopefully, he has a strong World Cup and he can come back from that tournament, you know, reinvigorated and hopefully score against West Ham on Boxing Day. That would be absolutely brilliant if we can have that. But yeah, there's more to come from this Arsenal team. I think we can all see that. I think we all know that. There's more to come. And a big part of that is Gabriel Jesus being more clinical in the box and taking the opportunities. Because if he does start to click, if he does start to find that form that he had at the start of the season... You know, we should blitz the league. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's been a genuine pleasure, as it always is, to speak with you every morning and get you guys talking and chatting away in the chat box. It's been a great pleasure to join you over the uh, first half of the, or first third and a bit of this season. Um, do join me. Do continue to join me. I hope you continue to support the channel, even without Arsenal being around. It would mean a lot if you would stick around with us on our 8am shows as we continue to bring you Arsenal updates. Even if it's you're just popping back to check what I've talked about on Catch Up, I really would appreciate it. Even if you just drop in to drop a like on the video. If you've got a hectic morning, just pop in later on, drop a like on the video. It is really appreciated. Leave your comments as well down below. That really helps us out too. And if you do enjoy listening to the show in audio only format, you can also do that as well. Uh, but please leave a kind review and a five-star rating. Uh, it would be very, very much appreciated. Um, I've got some big news to discuss with you guys um, probably uh, next week regarding the audio side of the channel only. YouTube-wise, things will continue as normal. But there's quite a... What I'm looking forward to, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what might uh, what it might change. I, I recognise that it's not going to be to everybody's taste, and I'm going to have to talk that through with people. Um, which is not helping you in any way understand what I'm talking about. It's a good thing for the channel. It's a good thing for everybody. It's a good thing for for where things might change. I think it's going to be actually something that might change, hopefully might make some changes elsewhere that I think has been needed, um, actually. So I'll talk more about that next week, and uh, you'll get more information on that. That's more of an audio thing only, not for uh, not for the YouTube side of things. So don't worry, nothing about the YouTube is changing. Um, but I'll talk about that next week. Um, have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic weekend. I will see you 
tomorrow morning. I will then see you again tomorrow evening on the Arsenal Lounge. I don't think... I'm not going to be doing anything this evening because I'm going to be going to watch uh, a film tonight, um, which I don't need any spoilers for. (laughs) But uh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I will see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. Top of the table, baby. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.